Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. We're starting a brand new series today called Life, and I want to live a life that matters. I want to live a life that makes a difference. Jesus came so that we could have life more abundantly. And I want to spend the rest of my life exploring that life that he has made available. What a shame it would be to exit this earth without experiencing what God has made available. I think many of us are going to step into heaven and go, oh, wow. I had no idea what God wanted to do for me then. We live very nominal lives, very uh, ineffective lives because we do not understand the truth of word, nor do we understand who he has placed inside of us. Did you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? If you have received Jesus Christ into your heart and your life, God now dwells inside of you. He wants to quicken you. He wants to use you. And he wants to do some amazing things in your life. I want you to understand that he wants you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So turn to the person next to you and say, he wants you to prosper. Do you think that God wants you to go through life depressed and busted up? If you think so, then you're reading the wrong Bible. I don't know what translation teaches that, but every translation that I have come across teaches that he has come to give me life. Somebody say life. Life. And then more abundantly. That word life in the original is zoe. He came so that you could have the life of God. That's wholeness. That's completeness. That's lacking nothing. So if you lack anything, say it's my fault. See, I can't live for you, but I I made up my mind. Debbie, if God's word says it, I'm going to go after it. And if I don't have it yet, it's because I am missing something. And and people may call me a fool. They may laugh. They may make fun of me. I could care less. I'm going to experience every single good thing God has for me. My home is blessed. My family is blessed. My marriage is blessed. My body is blessed. My finances are blessed. Why? Because I serve a God who loves me and gave his life so that I could live. He was broken so that I could be made whole. If it's your first time with us today, thank you so much for coming out. And I know that this series is going to be incredible, and every week it's going to get a little bit better as we talk about life. We're going to talk about family, relationships, finances, just life in general. And I'm going to be using 2 Kings, the sixth chapter, as a launching pad to lay a foundation for the things that we're going to talk about in the next few weeks. So if you have your Bible, turn it to 2 Kings, the sixth chapter. We'll start reading in verse 1. If you got it, say, I got it. If you need time, say, hold up a minute. I'll give you time. It's in the Old Testament. Some of you haven't been there in a while. Second Kings, <laughs> Second Kings, the sixth chapter, starting in verse 1, the Bible says, Now the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, 
See, the place where we dwell under your charge is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan, and each of us get there a log, and let us make a place for us to dwell there. And he answered, Go. Then one of them said, Be pleased to go with your servant. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they began to cut down trees. But as one of them was felling a log, his axe head fell into the water. And he cried out, Alas, my master, it was borrowed. Somebody say it was borrowed. He says, Alas, master, it was borrowed. Then the man of God said, Where did it fall? When he showed him the place, he cut off a stick and threw it in there and made the iron float. And he said, take it up. So he reached out his hand and took it. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm taking it back. Anything that's been taken from me, I am taking it back. I am going to live the abundant life. I am taking it back. I am sick and tired of life being a roller coaster. I'm tired of the ups and downs. I understand life's going to have problems. But as a child of God, I should be able to have joy in the midst of trial. I should be able to have peace in the midst of storms. But that kind of living comes from people who are willing to take it, Jessica. You're willing to fight for it. You're not going to allow life to determine your course. You're going to determine the course of your life through the power of God, the Word of God, by the Spirit of God. Listen, we are children of the Most High God. Get that in your head. We are not worms. We are not worthless. We have incredible value. Now, don't, don't raise your hand. But how many of you in here, you've been going through life, you've been chopping away at life, you've been trying to build a better future, for yourself, for your family. But somewhere along the way, things have started to fall apart. You're like the man in the story who has lost his axe head. You've lost your edge, your joy that you used to have, maybe when you were a little bit younger. It's gone. Your peace that you used to have has slipped away, the passion you used to have for certain things, or maybe your sense of purpose. Like maybe there was a time in your life where you thought, you know what, life really doesn't matter. I'm here for a reason. But now that slipped away, and you're living life just going through the motions. I believe if we were to be honest, we all have at least felt like that at one point in time or another. I know that I have felt that way before. There's been times where I've had a great sense of purpose that I'm here, I'm the call of God, I'm the head, not the tail above and not beneath. And then there are times I wake up and I just don't feel that way. And it's easy for me to allow that sense of purpose to just slide away. The truth is, no one in their right mind wants their life to fall apart. It's not something we plan it's not something we expect. But if life is not maintained properly, 
you'll wake up to find it drowning in the river. Like this man, he woke up that morning with the intention of building a better future for himself. But somewhere along the way, he lost his edge. He lost the one thing that gave him the ability to move forward. The good news is, if you ever had it, you can get it back. In a few weeks, we're going to talk about dating, relationships, marriage, single people. It's going to be for everybody. What you need to understand is if you ever had something in your marriage, you can get it back. If Jesus has made something available to you, you can take it. It belongs to you. But before we start talking about taking things back, I want to look at what is it that causes us to lose it in the first place. Have you ever thought about it? Where did it fall? Where did it go wrong? When did it happen? Why did it happen? And when I say it, I'm talking about anything. I'm talking about joy. I'm talking about peace. I'm talking about your sense of purpose. I'm talking about financial freedom. I'm talking about faith. I'm talking about relationships. Where did it fall? Where did it go wrong? Why do I not have what I used to have? Am I the only person in here that feels like some things at times have slipped away? Where did it go wrong? And it starts with this. Many times we lose what we had because we don't examine the acts. And because of that, we're trying to build our life with a broken tool. Some of you are looking at me like, what are you talking about, Pastor? The broken axe. This man, this man went out to build his life. That's what it says, right? The place we're at is too small. Can we go somewhere and build something else? And Elisha's like, yeah, go. So they go to this area where they're going to start building some new homes, and this man borrowed an axe. Somebody say it was borrowed. But it wasn't just borrowed. It was broken. And so now he's trying to build his life with something broken, and in the middle of it, he loses his edge. What do I mean by borrowing? See, so many times in life we borrow broken things. We borrow broken systems. We borrow broken ways of thinking, which is important. Because how many of you know the greatest enemy to you is not the devil? It's you. It's the way you think, Tyler. Because as a man thinks, so is he. So here's the problem. We grow up around a culture that thinks a certain way, and that becomes the way we think. If we get stuck in something, we think, I'll always be in this situation. I'll always be abused. I'll always be unworthy. I will never have any value. We, we see how our grandparents and parents did 
relationships, and sometimes some of the things they were doing were broken, yet we borrow that broken system, and then when our marriage begins to fall apart, we go, hey, what happened? You're using a broken tool trying to chip away at life. You want to know why so many times we get into financial crisis and we don't have financial freedom? Because we're borrowing a broken system for how we handle our finances. Even people who successfully make a lot of money can borrow a broken pattern if they deal with greed and hoarding, not understanding that what we get is meant to not just bless us, but to bless others. So when I talk about financial freedom, I'm not just talking about having money. I'm talking about learning how to handle that money and make that money work for you instead of you working for that money. But if you're just working for money, it's because you're following a broken system. Culture is broken. And we are fed this broken stuff every day of our life. You turn on social media, you're getting fed brokenness. We see people like the Kardashians on social media and go, oh, I want to be just like them. Really? I have preached marriage series and sermon series that have lasted longer than some of Kim Kardashian's marriages. <laughs> but that's, that's who I want to be like. That's who I want to dress like. It's broken. It's broken. And here's the problem. Anytime you build life with a broken tool, you're going to end up with more brokenness. That is the narrative of history. Broken people doing broken things, getting broken results. And we just keep on hacking away at life with our broken tool. We're not making any headway. We're expending a lot of energy on our family, a lot of energy on our marriage, a lot of energy on our finances, but we're not really getting anything done because we have no edge. And instead of examining the acts and going, okay, maybe my system and my pattern is the problem, we just go, oh, well, you know what it is? I need another job. And so we go to a different place of work and we're hacking away with the same tool. Oh, you know what it is? It's this marriage, so I need to find someone else. And so we go to a whole new relationship and we're hacking away with the same tool. Listen, you can change locations, you can change things, but if you don't change the tool, you're gonna get the same result. That's the problem. <laughs> the problem is the tools we are trying to build our life with. No wonder we don't have any joy because the tool we're trying to find joy with doesn't work. It may work for a while. You may get a temporary feeling or a temporary fix, but it doesn't last. The tools that we're using to try to find peace isn't working. The tools we're using to try to find love and acceptance, it's not working. Can I just be a pastor for a moment? Until you get a healthy perspective of who God is and who you are in Christ Jesus and the love he has for you, you will never find true love and you will work with a broken tool and you will go from relationship to relationship and you will be used by everyone because you've got the wrong tool in your hand. 
Turn the person next to you and say, examine the acts. Examine the pattern. What is the pattern of your life? So if you start thinking about the deficiencies in your life, what you feel like you lack, start examining the pattern. What am I doing that got me here in the first place? What, what is the thing that I did or the way that I thought that put me in the situation in the first place? And I've got to know that there's a better way. Turn to the person next to you and say, there's a better way. If you have your Bible, go to Romans, the 12th chapter. Talking about a better way, a better pattern. Romans 12, 1. The Apostle Paul says, I appeal to you. Sometimes that's how I feel as a pastor. <laughs> the King James Version would say, I beseech you. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing a lot of beseeching, a lot of appealing. It's amazing how, how much effort we have to get just to, tell, give to, just to tell someone simply that Jesus loves them. Because we just don't buy into it. But we don't get it. And the Apostle Paul says, I appeal to you. Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. There's the pattern. Present my body. That means my whole life. My mind, my soul, my will, my emotions, my gifts, everything I present to God for the joy of God and for the glory of God. I was listening to my grandfather talk last night. And when he was 18 years old, he gave his life to Jesus. He was in a motorcycle gang out in East Los Angeles, California, when Jesus called him and saved his life. He was 18 years old, and one morning his brother was going to school, and he said, on my way to school, I saw Harry. That's my grandfather's name. He said, I saw Harry in the living room on his knees praying. He said, when I got home from school, Harry was still in the living room, and he was praying and he was sweating because he was praying so intensely. And he said, Harry got up from that time of prayer and he said, Harding, that's his brother's name, he said, Harding, he said, I have decided that I am going to present my body as a living sacrifice to the Lord Jesus Christ. I am going to cut off anything that would distract me from Jesus Christ. I am going to dedicate my life to searching after him. Every Monday, every Wednesday, and every Friday, my grandfather would not eat. He would not drink any water. All he did was pursue Jesus. As a result, people started coming to their house with sickness, and God would heal them. People would come who were tormented, and God would give them peace. It wasn't a church service. It was a house that had the presence of God because somebody decided, I'm going to present my body as a living sacrifice. And as a result of that kind of living, that's when you start to truly step into what God has made available to you. When you go through the book of Acts, the second chapter, you start seeing the miracles. You start seeing the church growth. And if you read carefully, it shows that they were devoted. Somebody say devoted. They were devoted to the teaching of the Word of God, to getting together, to breaking bread together. That means they're taking communion together. Their life was centered around Jesus Christ and the church, and that's why they saw great success. 
Listen, too many of us, myself included, we build our life on everything else except for Jesus Christ. We make him a part of our weekend. Some of us don't even do that. We'll give Jesus, you know, well, you know, I'll go to church maybe two, two times a month. And we wonder why our life's falling apart. Even if you come every Sunday, if you're not taking what you get on Sunday and work that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, things are going to start breaking down in your life. Things will start breaking down in your marriage. You know, one of the things that will strengthen your marriage more than anything else, it's not just learning how to communicate with one another. That's important. It's putting Jesus at the center of that marriage. If you think of a triangle and Jesus at the top and you've got the husband and the wife down at the bottom, the closer you get to Jesus, the closer you're going to get to one another. But where is Jesus? I'm sorry. You know what? I just... Where is Jesus in your marriage? Where is Jesus in your home? Where is Jesus in your family? Hello? This year I said it's the, it's the year to put our hands in the plow. That means this is the year to go after Jesus Christ with our whole heart, our whole life, every fiber of our being. Because when this world ends, nothing else will matter except for who Jesus was to you and what you did for his kingdom. That's it. Jesus isn't going to look at you, Lindsay, and be like, you had a bad boat. He's not going to do it. And he's not going to make fun of me for having a granddad boat. He's not going to do it. What he is going to do is he's going to say, here's the opportunity you had. What did you do with it? And each and every one of us are going to, ha are going to have to give an account to Jesus. Think about that, Justin. What did you do with your life? How did you honor me with your family? How did you honor me with your finances? Whoo. We don't want to talk about that kind of stuff. Doesn't make us feel good. I'll go find another church, Pastor. Fine, go find another church. <laughs> but if you're here, I'm going to give you truth. Because I'm going to stand one day and give an account to Jesus Christ for what I told you. So whether you like me or not, you get mad at me or not, I mean, I hope that you like me, but if you don't, based upon truth being shared, that's on you. So he says, I, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Somebody say living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Right? But then he goes on, he says, do not be conformed to this world. Why? Because there's a pattern the world follows that leads to destruction. And it may not happen immediately. It may take a few swings of the axe before you lose your edge. But if you keep on following that pattern, one day the edge is going to leave. So he says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. But be transformed. Somebody say transformed. That's the key, church. You want to know what we go after at Activation Church? Transformation. Transformation. That every day I'm becoming a little bit more like Jesus and a little less like Aram. Because Aram's got patterns that get Aram in trouble. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anytime I think I'm going to do it my way and follow my pattern, I get myself into deep doo-doo. <laughs> but when I am transformed by the renewing of my mind, 
It's back to our thought process. I allow God to start changing the way I think according to his word. And now his word becomes a lamp to my feet, a light to my path, and he starts putting some tools in my hand that will help me in this life. You have to understand that God's design for your life is the best design for your life. God's design for marriage is the best design for marriage. The reason things break down is because we try to do it our own way. We try to follow a different pattern. And as long as you follow that pattern, you're going to get the same exact results. That's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. But how many of us, we've got that ax in our hand, doing the same thing over and over again? By God, my granddaddy did it this way, I'm going to do it this way. Well, granddaddy's life fell apart. Well, my parents did it this way, I'm going to do it this way. Your, your, your parents' marriage fell apart. A lot of the brokenness and the wounds that you have experienced through life is because broken people following broken patterns broke you. And if we don't change the pattern, we'll continue to break ourselves and we'll break others. Hear me, like the Apostle Paul, I appeal to you today, Activation Church, by the mercies of God that you would begin to present your body as a living sacrifice. That's what I mean when I say I'm gonna, I want to spend the rest of my life exploring what this abundant life is all about. I know that I'm not going to get it right. I know that I'm still going to make mistakes. I know that I'm still going to fail. But I, in this process, I know that I'm also going to find strength and healing and joy and peace. I know that my marriage is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger every day. I've proven that. You know, there's no such thing as a perfect marriage. You do know that, right? Women are always going to be right and men are always going to be wrong. <laughs> men are like dogs, women are like cats. Men are easy. You feed them, <laughs> play with them a little bit, they'll be happy. Women are like cats. You know how to make a cat happy? No. No one does. <laughs> My wife and I, we've been together now for over 20 years. We've been married for 18 years. And I promise you, I love her more today than I ever did. But that was a conscious decision that I made, that I'm going to love my wife. I made the conscious decision that I was going to pray prayers like, God, increase my desire for my wife. It's intentional. I'm putting the right tools in my hand. God, you say that marriage can be a blessing from you? Okay, show me what that's all about. Children are a blessing from the Lord? Okay, show me what that's all about. Goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life? Okay, show me what that's all about. Is his blessing is going to chase me down and overtake me? Yes, please, show me what that's all about. I can prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers? Yes, please, show me what that's all about. But there is a tool that gets you the, there. Are you understanding? Too many times we are waiting on the things of God just to fall in our lap, and it never works that way. They are freely given, but you've got to take them by having the right tool. Where do we find the tool? In the Word of God. Somebody say the Word of God. Jesus told a story about two men 
who are building a house, building a new life for them and their family. And he said, one man built his house on the sand. That was the foundation he chose. The other man built his house on the rock. That was the foundation he chose. Jesus said a great storm came, and it beat on both homes. Somebody say it beat on both homes. So get this. The storms of life come for everyone. They are no respecter of persons. Storms don't go, oh, child of God, not going to get them. No, storms come for every single person. Storms will come for your marriage. Storms will come for your peace. Storms will come. Every kind of storm will come for everyone at some point in time. So Jesus says the storm came for both people. But when the storm hit the house built on sand, it collapsed. It fell apart. But when it built when it hit the house built on the rock, what happened? That house stood. It withstood the storm. Why? Because it was built on the proper foundation. Then Jesus begins to tell us, the man who hears my word and does not do anything with it is the man who built his house on the sand. So it's not just getting into the word of God. It's not just knowing the word of God. It's doing something with what we know. Because if you're not applying what you know, then when the storm comes, you don't have the ability to stand. But he said, the man who built his house on the rock, it's the, he's the one that heard my word and did something with it. And when the storm came, his house stood. The storm will come, but you can stand. The storm will come, but you don't have to lose your peace. The storm will come, but you don't have to lose your joy. You don't have to live with worry and anxiety when storms come because you have the word of God and you are firmly planted on it. And no matter what happens, no matter what comes my way, I will stand. And it is a fight. If you think this thing is not a fight, it is a fight. Sometimes I think to myself, why am I preaching this stuff to these people? Because I'm just asking for it. Because I, I'm, asking for, I'm asking for the test when I preach some of this stuff. And I have to fight it. And I'll be honest with you, it, it, it generally takes me between Monday to Wednesday to get, to get right because the fight, because the pressure. But I dig in and I say joy is mine. Peace is mine. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am moving forward and not moving behind. I will be healthy. I will be strong. My family will prosper. We will flourish. And I will continue declaring the word of God, and I will start praising God and thanking God until I step into my victory and find my breakthrough. But that's the same thing, Michael, you have to do. You have to learn to fight. You have to learn to fight. Stop allowing the enemy to just come and take stuff from you. The man lost his axe head that he borrowed. And he didn't go, oh, well. He said, I want it back. He goes to the man of God, the word of God. says, I want it back. And God began to bring those things that were lost. He calls a supernatural occurrence where the iron started to float. But the man had to make the decision, I'm going to reach down and take it back. I'm going to take it back. That's got to be your attitude, church. 
I am taking it back. How long is it going to take? I don't care. I'm going to take it back. If I have to pray until I see it, I'm going to take it back. My grandfather was talking about praying for a man who had paralysis in his hand. Couldn't use his hand. The man came to his house. My grandfather said they went to the bedroom and they just prayed until the man was healed. So how long do I need to pray? Until you see it happen. And then shift that prayer into thanksgiving and praise. Too many times we don't see anything in our life because we don't understand the power of thanksgiving and praise. I better stop. If not, I'll go on for hours with this. There's so many things that God has made available to us that we just forfeit because we don't know. Hosea, the fourth chapter, I believe verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge. Think about that. My people. Not the world. My people. My people. My people. Those who belong to me are allowing their life to be destroyed because of their lack of of knowledge. They don't understand the power of getting the word in their heart. They don't understand the power of declaring that word from their mouth. They don't understand the power of walking in that word. I'm not going to walk after culture. Culture may say it's okay to do this, but I don't care what culture says. I'm going to walk in what God's word says for me and my life. And because of that, when the storm comes, I will stand. Mm -hmm.